Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord, and I get to say Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, so it is Easter, and so we get to continue our time together these 50 days in the Easter season where we get to celebrate and, and unpack what it means that Jesus is alive, amen, and that now as because Jesus is alive, we are Easter people, and we get to live in that reality of Jesus being resurrected. Um, during this Easter, Easter season, we are looking at the promises of God that are fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The promises of God are yes and amen. And we get to witness to them and to live them out as the people of God. And so it's kind of in that spirit that, that we look at our text this morning. Our text is going to be from John 20. Because she says, oh, I did it that time. In the first service, I had to use both hands. So um, I'm getting better. Um, we're looking at John 20. And we're going to start in verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week... And the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And, he said, and after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through him believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that your promises are yes and amen. And so we join with the celebration of heaven this morning, that Jesus is alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father, and that that matters in our lives that life is different because of that. And so, God, we just ask for your, um, just your presence to be with us, God, that you would illuminate our hearts and our minds, Lord, that you would speak to us, God, and that you would change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's, 
go back just a little bit um, before we get to this part of, of the chapter. When we start this chapter, chapter 20, um, on the morning of the resurrection with Mary Magdalene going to the tomb and finding the tomb to be empty. And so when she sees the tomb, she doesn't know what's happened. She just knows that Jesus is not there. And so she goes and tells the disciples. And so Peter and John come, and, and they see also that the tomb is empty. And again, they don't know what's happened or what's going on. Um, there's a lot of confusion that's happening at this point. After that, what happens is, so they go away and go back to their houses, it says the disciples do. What happens after that is then Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, reveals that he has been resurrected. And so she goes and tells the disciples that she has seen Jesus and that he is alive. Now, what John doesn't tell us is what their response was, what the disciples' response was to Mary's testimony. Did they believe her or not? Did they start remembering the things that Jesus had said to them about his death and his resurrection? We really don't know. What we see here in this text is that the disciples are gathered together, and they have locked themselves in, or maybe more importantly, they've locked everyone else out. And so I want us to sit with where the disciples are. Um, I, want, I want us to sit in the room with them and kind of get a sense of what's happening in their hearts and in their minds in this particular moment, this kind of moment in between. Like they know Jesus isn't in the tomb, but they don't know really what's happening or what's going on. And so they've locked themselves in to the room and they're afraid. So let's think about what that room might have felt like. So I want you to imagine that you're in the room with the disciples and that you've been following Jesus for the last three years. That you've left your job and your family so that you could travel around with him and learn from him. All of your hopes for the future lie with him. And yet you've watched him die. And all of your hope for the future died with him. Now, either his, either his body is missing or it's been stolen, or as Mary Magdalene has reported, maybe he's somehow come back to life, but you're just not really sure what in the world is going on. It's really confusing. And all you can think about is how you might be next. That those who killed Jesus might be coming for you too. So now you're all locked up in a room together and you're waiting. For what? You're not really sure. But we're just sitting there and we're waiting. So what would that feel like? How do you think you would respond in that moment? I get their fear. I would have been afraid too. They don't want to die. They saw what happened to Jesus, and they don't, want to, they don't want to go that route. All they know is, like, this thing has all of a sudden got out, and out of hand, right? Like, they had kind of a plan of what was going to happen. They thought maybe they knew where this was headed. And then it took a sharp turn and went in a whole different direction. And now they're sitting there like, wait a minute, now what? I don't know what's coming next. And this thing has all of a sudden gotten a lot bigger than I thought it was. So now what are we going to do with our lives? Like, now what comes next? And so we can understand how they could feel this sense of being gripped in the midst of fear. 
right? The sense of like just feeling really, really, really afraid in the depths of who they are because everything that they put their hope in seems to have just disappeared. And so I want us to sit with that today and I want to ask you the question, what do you do when you're afraid? How do you respond? What does that look like for you? Just when you're feeling like gripped in fear, what happens? When you're doing your best to hold on, but things just feel really scary and out of control around you. I know I found myself this week in particular feeling gripped by fear. And it wasn't pretty. It's not something that I am proud of. <laughs> what happens for me when I get in that, in that space is that um, I, I can get really hyper-focused on something because that way I can try to control it. And it may be something that like has nothing to do with the situation that's happening, right? But it's like something that I can just sort of grasp onto and be like, maybe if I can make sense of this, and I get really tunnel visioned and just like press in on that one thing. And like, if I can figure this thing out, then maybe I can make sense of the rest of my life. Maybe the things that feel so out of control and scary won't feel so much that way anymore. How about for you? When fear comes and grips you, when life just feels like too much, how do you respond? Do you get busy? Do you get despondent, kind of check out? Do you get loud and try to act like you're not afraid? Like maybe if I just pretend that I'm not really afraid, then the fear will go away. When fear threatens to take over, what comes out of you? The good news is in our text today that it's into this space of fear and isolation of the disciples that the risen Jesus shows up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John tells us that the doors are locked, and yet Jesus is able to make his way into that space and to stand in their midst. And into that space, Jesus come and he says, peace. Peace be with you. And he doesn't just say it one time. He says it three times. <laughs> he says, peace be with you. He speaks peace to their fear. He speaks peace to their uncertainty of what, what's going to happen next, their uncertainty of the future. He speaks peace to their unbelief. So I'm wondering, if, now we're thinking about sitting in this moment, being gripped by fear. Jesus shows up as a resurrected Lord and is in that space with them, and he speaks peace over them. And I'm curious for you, what is Jesus showing up and speaking words of peace do for your own feelings of fear? Like when you're gripped in a sense of fear, for Jesus to show up and to say, peace be with you, what does that do for you? What does that do inside of you? It makes me think about the time when like Jesus and the disciples are on the, in, in the boat on the water and the waves and the wind are like whipping around and they're scared to death. They're about to die, right? And Jesus stands up and he speaks peace to the wind and the waves and everything gets really calm. And I wonder if you get that sense within you as well, the sense of peace when Jesus speaks peace that everything just kind of gets still and quiet. That's what happens for me. There's this moment where I just have to stop 
I have to stop trying to figure everything out. I have to stop trying to control something. I have to just stop and rest and sit. What does Jesus speaking peace look like for you? So then Jesus goes on. He speaks peace over them, and then he, but he doesn't stop there. Then he stands in front of them, and he shows them his hands, and he shows them his side. He shows them the wounds from his death. He shows them the reality of what has happened to him to say, no, no, you didn't imagine it. I actually did die, and now I'm standing in front of you alive. Now, <laughs> I want us to sit with that for a minute because, like, we talk about this a lot in church, right? Jesus is risen, but, like, what in the world, right? Like, what in the world? He's standing in front of them, and he's like, look, the marks are in my hand. The mark is in my side, and yet I'm standing here as alive as I could be in front of you. And that matters. It matters. Because what it says is that if he is alive, that death does not have the power that it once had. And the things that we feel so afraid of, the things that can grip us and make us feel so afraid, have no power in the presence of a, resurre- as a resur- resurrected Jesus. That life is different now. If Jesus is now alive, then life must be different. And that's what we have to grasp onto. So again, Jesus doesn't stop there. But he says, peace to them again. And then he breathes on them. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he sends them out. So what I want us to see in this, in this passage is that there are two distinct things that happen that actually change the disciples. Like this is not just some like, you know, random interaction or something like, oh, that was nice. Like Jesus showed up. Yay. We're so glad. Like the disciples were radically changed by this interaction with Jesus. They go from being locked up in the midst of like their fear to going out and preaching the word all over the world and actually still dying for it. Like their circumstances didn't change. What they were afraid of in the room actually is what, you know, what they still had to deal with when they walked out of the room. But it was them that changed. Not the things that were happening around them, but something deep within them changed. Why? What happened? Two things. They encountered the risen Lord, and they received the Holy Spirit. And unless we do those things, unless we have encounters with Jesus, unless we receive his Holy Spirit, we're not going to change. Those are the things that change us deeply within, that then send us out to do what the Lord has called us to do. Because what happens in those moments, what happens when Jesus um, comes in his, in, as the risen Lord and the presence of the Holy Spirit is within us, the thing that we are most afraid of, death, honestly, right, no longer has power over us. Whatever we are most afraid of, and I want us to think about that, like really sit with that question, what is it in the deepest parts of us that we are honestly and like really scared of, really afraid of. 
And this is something that I've been like sitting with this week to say, what is it? Like when I get in these moments where I feel so gripped by fear, what is it that I'm really struggling with? What am I really wrestling with? And one thing I think that it is, is this sense of vulnerability. That when it comes down to it, we are very vulnerable people. And we are going to die. And that is really, really scary. And yet, what we see in Jesus is that even if our circumstances aren't changing, even if we are still very vulnerable, even if we pretend not to be, even if like the wind and the waves are raging around us, the truth of the matter is, is that the power dynamic has shifted because Jesus is alive. And therefore, our lives can look different because the power sits with him. So I've been thinking about like these last few years and just like how many things we've gone through that we can be afraid of, right? It feels like there are just things that are happening all around us that continue to make us feel afraid. And an appropriate response could honestly be just locking ourselves in our house, right? <laughs> like to be like, man, there's like, there's some craziness happening and I'm not really sure what to do with that. And so maybe we should just like, you know, try to protect ourselves as best we can. And I was even thinking about like in the early days of COVID when we were literally like just in our houses with fear at the door, I mean, and with death at the door and not really knowing what was going to happen next. And then just things kind of have happened, continue to happen after that, that have added to that sense of like, are we just meant to be afraid all the time? Like, is that what this life is like? Is that what it looks like now? And there are voices all around us that are honestly telling us over and over and over again what we should be afraid of. It's just everywhere. And it seems like the days are getting darker. But as I sat with that, I was thinking about like our text at the beginning of the service about Noah. Like that was true in the days of Noah. Things were dark. Things were evil. It was same at the true of the time of, of Jesus in the days of the disciples. Things were dark. And things were evil. But the difference is that we can recognize the presence of God and living in the reality of God's kingdom, that the faithfulness of the disciples was to witness to the reality of a different kingdom, that what is happening in our day and in our lives may be real, and yet there's another reality. There's the reality of God's kingdom that looks different than that, that says that this risen Jesus, this Jesus that has risen, he holds the power. He holds the, the truth. He holds what's really real in our lives. And that is that he defeated death. And he defeated all the things that we are so afraid of. They come under subjection to him. And therefore, we can have hope. In that place, we can have hope that there is a future. We can have joy in the sense that Jesus is alive, that he is ruling and reigning. Because when we can, we can look into the fear of our day, but continue to have a sense of hope, a sense of joy, and to know that Jesus is on the throne, what happens in that moment is then the risen Christ takes center stage in our lives and in our world. And that he brings freedom over sin and death in and around us. He becomes the most important thing. And those whom he sets free are free indeed. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, would you give us eyes to see you? And Lord, would you give us hearts to believe? Like Thomas, God, as he encountered you and then said with such boldness, my Lord and my God. Lord, would those words just spring up out of our heart and out of our spirit today? To say, God, we... Have, we want you to take our fear, and we want to put your, our trust in you. Would you do that, Jesus? Would you come near to us, God? Help us just to be honest with you about the things that we're afraid of, the fear that we're grappling with. And as we hand that to you, Jesus, would we be filled with your joy with your hope and with your peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.